Welcome to the Everyday Ministry Podcast, where ministers get together to discuss everyday ministry. Welcome to the Everyday Ministry Podcast, a podcast where everyday ministers get together to discuss ministry. This is James Whiting. I'm sitting here with all of the co-hosts tonight for the first time in at least three months. So excited about that. Excited to have everybody on here at one time. Very difficult to do at times just with the different scheduling of ministry in itself. And so we get started tonight. We're going to be looking at the fifth chapter of Donald Whitney's book, uh, and worship for the purpose of godliness. But before we get into the discussion, Jamie, how is everything going your way? Everything's going good with me, guys. Good to see all y'all again. I wasn't able to be here last time, so I'm glad to be back and glad to finally have everybody together in one episode. So I'm really looking forward to this. Everything's been going well on our end. It's been a pretty bu- busy season. Uh, we're just coming out of Thanksgiving, about to go into Christmas. So uh, it's been a little busy, as I'm sure it is for all of y'all as well and everybody out there listening, but everything's been good. How about uh, you, Daniel? Man, things are going good. Just uh, enjoyed Thanksgiving last week with all my family, and now we're getting geared up for Christmas. And uh, Man, I don't know about y'all, but Christmas is a very exciting time for me. I've got a lot of good memories wrapped up in Christmas, and so I'm, I always love it when it comes around, man. I, I love the Christmas music. I love, you know, I don't sit there and keep it on, you know, the Christmas radio station all week long because they play all the, the lame Christmas music. But I love the stuff like Shane and Shane does and Chris Tomlin. So I'm listening to that stuff on repeat right now and just getting geared up for Christmas and excited for that. So you need to check out John Mark McMillan's Christmas album. It just came okay. out like two, three days ago. Oh, sweet. Fant- fantastic. And then also 116 came out with a Christmas album. And so Christmas album mixed with rap and R&B. Pretty, pretty fun stuff, actually. Cool. Yeah, I'll check both of those out. Um, because I, I don't like regular Christmas music at all, to be honest with y'all. And so if I listen to it, it's got to be something weird about it going on. So That's just unfortunate, man. It really breaks my heart for you. I'm going to pray for you. We'll do that. <laughs> um, so can we add a extra part-time title to you, Daniel, as in uh, youth pastor slash worship leader? Yeah. Or- yeah, we could. <laughs> yeah. Did I mention that on our last episode? I don't remember if I did or not. Well, yeah, I think, I think so, but I'm not completely sure. Yeah. If I didn't, I'll just kind of plug it in there right now. So right now I'm um, not only leading the youth at our church, but I'm also um, filling in as the worship pastor at our church here in Calera, Alabama. And, um, so that's been fun. I've been doing that for a little over two months now. It's been a really ch- challenging transition for me because I've led worship before, but not on like an ongoing basis weekly. So that's been that's been very interesting. I've finally just gotten to a point where I'm really like starting to enjoy it more than I am stress over it. So that's been good. That's actually been a major answer to prayer for me. So anyway, um, 
for any of our listeners out there, if you are a worship leader, uh, I will cherish any input or encouragement that you might be willing to send my way. So uh, don't hesitate to reach out to me and give me some words of encouragement because I am definitely learning right now. Chris, my bad. <laughs> hey, turn, man, what's going on with you? <laughs> oh, same old, same old. Just getting ready for Christmas, which I thoroughly enjoy, except for like the 13 Christmas parties I have to go to every year. <laughs> That's probably an over-exaggeration, but it feels like it. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, good. Good. Busy, but good. Nothing new at church going on. Well, guys, I'm glad everything's going well for you all. Uh, on my end, um, at Lighthouse, we really have two busy months of the year. Uh, well, more busy than any other, and that is October and December. And so December's hitting, and we'll have something for about three or four weeks straight. And one of those is one thing I look forward to every year. And we have a what we call a Christmas open house where we have the entire congregation mm-hmm. over at our house on a Sunday evening for about two, three hours. And um, when you pastor a church for about 30, you can do that. And mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy doing that each and every year, even though uh, I, my wife stresses out so much about the how, way the house <laughs> looks and then if the cheese is cut perfectly and all of these mm-hmm. other aspects of that. But I thoroughly enjoy that. And Now I'm with Chris. I am not looking forward to having to go all of these different places, especially our family being um, – product of divorce on both sides mine and my wife's on christmas day we only have like six places to go that day so it's really (laughs) really stressful um and so it's more fun once your daughter's here well when the daughter gets here we're probably gonna cut half that off um just go ahead and tell everybody (laughs) yeah because that ain't that ain't about to happen but anyway i've really enjoyed this time of the year even though i do i do not find christmas music the most fun music to listen to most of the time i really do enjoy the christmas time of the year and just being able to celebrate the birth of Christ with um, those around me and in my life. But as we get out of that, we really want to just move into the conversation. On the first week of each month, we're walking through Spiritual Disciplines by Donald Whitney. And as we said earlier, we're on the fifth chapter, which is worship for the purpose of godliness. And then so far, what we've looked at was Bible intake and prayer and these different things. And tonight we're going to be discussing how worship plays into all of this. Now we're going to really address it uh, in, in multiple ways. It boils down to like in the personal life as well as in the corporate life of the church. And so as we get into that conversation, I think it's very important that we begin by looking at the idea that worship is focusing on and responding to God. And so as we get into it, um, Daniel, Jamie, do you want to kind of tackle how you would define worship? Yeah, I'll I'll go first. Um, I would say, and this is really something that my perspective, now that I am in the role that I'm in, in my church, is that perspective is slowly not changing, but just being refined um, and taking deeper root because I am looking at it from a different from a different angle now, looking at it from a different perspective as the person responsible for leading uh, our congregation in worship each week. So, of course, my natural response to the definition of worship would be an outward expression of an inner of an in, inward or inside desire and love and adoration for God. So whether that be through music or through service or through encouragement or through prayer or through reading God's word, all of those things are an outward manifestation of the desire in my heart that the Holy Spirit has placed in my heart. Um, but when it comes to worship in the form of music, um, 
I would say that music really has kind of begun to take a, a to play a different role in my life just simply because sometimes, I mean, and, and I think y'all could probably agree with me on this. Sometimes we get in the flesh and when we get in the flesh, that has a major ability to um, manipulate the way we think and, and affect the way that we view other people. And, and a lot of times our viewpoint can can go from a biblical viewpoint to a worldly, selfish viewpoint. And music has an amazing ability, worship music specifically, has an amazing ability to tap into my spirit and to to kind of dig past the flesh and to help me realign myself with the Lord. And so that's one thing I love about worship music is that it helps me. God uses it rather, I should say, to help me um, recalibrate and realign myself with the Lord, especially in moments of weakness or moments of fleshly temptation of, of any sort. So I know that was a really long definition, but that's just kind of uh, what's, what's, I would say is heavy on my heart when it comes to defining it. Yeah. And I, I think you did a pretty good job of, um, giving a really good definition there. And something I kind of want to emphasize is that, uh, when we look at worship and I'm sure we're going to cover this in, in depth later on is that it encompasses the totality of our life. I know many times we can think of worship just in the context of the Sunday gathering or just when we're at church or, of course, worship music, which, of course, that is worship. But this is also uh, our daily life, how we work, how we live, how we uh, treat our families or we treat our neighbors, or we treat friends that we're around. This this encompasses all areas of our life, not just the one or two days a week that we get to gather as a body. But every other day, it's a seven-day-a-week uh, thing. And, and yes, there are specific times we set apart where we are wholly focused on God. But we should always have a, a spirit and a desire to worship every day. Right. Yeah, the Romans 12, 1 and 2 kind of mentality there. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I agree completely. And, you know, I think it really stems off this idea of, you know, what is purpose, what is the purpose of man? And um, when you read a few different confessions and um, catechisms and things it really nails home that the man's chief end is to glorify God forever. Right. And mm -hmm. so, and we, one way that we fulfill that is through worship. Um, and I do think it's important that we do recognize that even though society and even modern day Christianity, when we think of worship, I think we do naturally turn to that idea of, of singing together or singing a song or doing it through uh, music of some sort, and which is a huge part of worship, let's be honest. Um, but that's not the only way of worshiping. You know, we right. worship through all areas. Um, I mean, I, I think back to really, I've taken this almost from the regular, regulative principle, but at our church, some of our core values, um, one of them is biblical worship. And the way that we've tried to fulfill this during our Sunday morning gathering is by a time of, you know, times of prayer and reading of scripture and the, the preaching of God's word and the hearing of God's word being preached and psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and worshiping through baptism and communion. And um, so and I'll, obviously all of these are talking about the corporate gathering or the public gathering, as we're going to mention it tonight. I, I, when I think of worship, I think of all of these different things, because mm. on all of these areas, we're worshiping God. We're coming together and glorifying him through this expression. Um, but in Don Whitney's book, one point that he makes, I think it's so important that we look at is that 
um, the Bible reading and the preaching or the central in the public worship. And not only the public worship, but also just worship in general, because as we've mentioned on the podcast plenty of times, and I think we'll continue to say this, is that God's word is what shapes every area of our life is if it's our prayer or if it's if it's the way we live and worship being one of those that we worship in the way that scripture has told us to worship and i think it's important that we note that i also think that it's important that we we kind of note this is that um you know since worship is focusing on and responding to god as donald whitney so eloquently puts in his book that regardless of what else we are doing we are not worshiping if we are not thinking about God. And so even if we're doing it in our car on the way to work or if we're gathering together and we're singing songs or we're reading God's word and if our mind is on everything else in the world around us, then we're really not worshiping God if he's not our sole focus at that point in our lives uh, or in that moment of our lives. I won't say that point, but in that, in that specific moment. And so I think that's important for us to realize is that it's really the idea. I, I, I think I've heard this somewhere. And if y'all know where I might have heard this from, y'all tell me. But um, there's this 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 idea that everybody worships something. Um, and it's just a matter of what, what we're giving our time to and what we're focusing on. And um, we as believers, we, our goal is to worship God with all that we are. And so as we look through all of this, though, Donald Whitney goes on and he explains that worship is done in spirit and in truth. I think we see this principle throughout the entire Gospels. I think one encounter is John 14, 17, but also I think of John chapter 4, when Jesus comes and encounters the woman at the well. We see that part of it is this. It is John 4. John 4. Uh, in John 4, when Jesus uh, encounters the woman at the well, you know, there's everybody knows the story pretty well if you're listening to this podcast. But really, one part of this story is that there was this confusion of, you know, where we were to worship. And, you know, the Jews held that you had to worship in the temple. But the Samaritans, you know, one of their big things is they worshiped in the mountain, apparently. And so there was this miscommunication, this confusion of how to worship. And the point that Christ makes to her is that you worship in spirit and in truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is crucial that when we think of worship, we think of it in that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that, that, um, I, when I was younger, I remember when the first time I heard this idea of worshiping in spirit and truth, I didn't, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't understand what that, what that meant. But one of the things that, that Whitney points out, um, is that worship is balanced by spirit and truth. Um, and I think this is kind of where we see in some of our denominations that maybe go too far, into worshiping in spirit and some that go too far into worshiping in truth, we see either all emotion or we see all theology and doxology and things like that. And there's no, and there's no emotion. It's, it's very wooden and very, very stiff. Um, And so being able to find that balance really, it's quite amazing how it opens up a freedom for us to worship being being in spirit and in truth, but also just helping us to see and to understand that that man, understanding that God desires for us to have these emotional, strong feelings, but he also desires for those feelings to be rooted in truth, to be rooted in his word, and to be rooted in, you know, what makes God's character stand out to us, if that if that makes sense. And so worship becomes more rich when we have a deeper understanding of his word. And vice versa. Uh, and so that's kind of what that means to me. Worshiping in spirit and truth is just simply understanding that God delights in me being excited about worshiping him, 
whether it be through music or through action, but he also wants to make sure that it's being rooted in the truth of his word. Yeah. So, I mean, you're almost making a distinction between people who say like, Oh, I'm just spiritual or like, I don't like, I don't like organize religion, but Jesus is just all right with me. <laughs> like, sorry. I don't know. <laughs> uh, like those kind of things. Right. Where, I mean, on the opposite end of like, I guess on one end of that, you'd have like the charismatic spectrum on the, Oh, I mean on, on the opposite end of like the, like within the church, you have the charismatic spectrum and then like the spectrum where like there's no emotion in it in the but then i guess in the more liberal however you'd want to say that just the worldly uh, mindset is that they can have that they can still worship god they might not use that word they can be spiritual um, but they don't want any of the truth of right. god right um and i think that that's an important element that a lot of people miss is that like you're not really worshiping unless you're worshiping God, the true God, you know, who he is and not only who he is, but how he says he ought to be worshiped. Yeah. And yeah, I was actually going to uh, mention that is that we, we live in a time of course, where there's this idea that uh, you can worship God however you want to, as long as, as long as you're worshiping God or as long as you're, you know, making an effort. And of course, we know throughout Scripture that that is not true. That that God, as God, has the right to demand how He is to be worshipped, and He He gives us that truth throughout Scripture. And of course, there are um, many theological, um, I would say, heresies that would say that no, we don't have to do as He says; we can do it our own way. So, as Baptists, can we worship by dancing? Or <laughs> well, that's the real question. <laughs> well, and I think that's, I mean, I guess one of the things why worship is kind of hard to define, especially in our yeah comment, like our, our culture right now is the, when I grew up, worship was the part of church where we sang songs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, but then like now, like when we talk about Sunday morning worship and then that's our whole service our whole Sunday morning service, like a whole Sunday morning service. That's worship. And those are all, that's all worship. But then, you know, there's just the life of worship as well that we could, yeah, that it's hard. I know we use the terms interchangeable, all the terms interchangeably, I think all three of them. Um, so that can kind of be confusing. So can we come to but, one, <laughs> one, one conclusive truth amongst us is that snake handling <laughs> is not the true way to worship. Do we got? Is that? <laughs> I mean, what if you're hand, what if you're like pest control and then <laughs> you're worshiping God through your word? Okay. All right. Your oh, you, you totally <laughs> threw that through me. You, you threw that right back at me. <laughs> and, and everything you do, worship right. the Lord. Yeah, I agree. I think that. Um, so often we can we can find ourselves on one side of that or not. We can find ourselves, um, I guess, extremely stoic, where we show very little or if any emotion, or we could find ourselves um, super emotional and uh, forget about the deep truths of who God is, and really get caught up in the moment of of worship. And the sad thing, and I, I don't want to get too. I don't want to get way off on the conversation here, but the sad thing is that 
for a long time, our churches has almost asked ourselves as we were leading the services is how can we make this emotional? You know, when can we play this certain song in this certain area or say the prayer this certain time to where everything flows just perfectly, where the, there's not a, a moment or a time for the spirit not to be moving and, and changing and, and causing emotion in the individual or or even I may be different. Y'all may not have went through this, but or maybe even asking yourself, you know, what? What song can I play as this response song that's going to make people move after hearing the word of God rather than trusting the spirit to lead people in true worship? Yeah. Um, and well, I, I think that's, that's that, that I know for me that I really do have to pray about and think, think about um, every week is making sure that, that what I'm trying, what I'm, you know, this song or that song that we're wanting to play this week for whatever reason is it is it really because I feel like, hey, this song is going to help us, you know, really tune our hearts and our minds to the Lord? Or is this so that I can or we can manipulate hmm. the way that people think today? Um, because if it's manipulation and if it's and if it's man made worship, it's not genuine. Um, no doubt. And ultimately, the, the if I'm leading from that from that mindset, then who am I really trying to get people to worship God or me? Yeah. Um, and so that's something that I do um, uh, really have to guard myself against and be very careful of. Well, and I, so I don't mean I don't mean this in a joking way. So it may seem like it at first, but I think really that mentality of almost manipulating people uh, in a time of response is how we've got to the point of where. We will cut the mute, cut the lights down low in the congregation, and uh, use certain colors, lights, and fog machines, and things and such, mm -hmm. because we've got to this idea of we're almost trusting in our own ability to lead people to Christ rather than trusting mm -hmm. the Spirit. And we do see that. I mean, I don't, I don't say it jokingly. There's churches that do that, and there's well, there's some churches that are that are very open about doing it that way to yeah. try to draw people in. Uh -huh. I, mean, I mean, there's no doubt, and I've said it before, and. Uh, and thank God um, through some of his providence and uh, working in my own heart since I've pastored, um, you know, uh, I've remember talking one time and I've corrected this sense as, you know, using this idea of prayer as a transition time in between segments of the worship service. And uh, I look back on it. I'm like, that was horrible. This is a moment that we as a congregation are coming and uh, praying and talking and communicating with our God, which is a form of worship. But we've essentially broken it down and used it as this time of transitioning if the mic's not working correctly or if um, or if, you know, we um, somebody's walking down the aisle to get ready to pick up the guitar mm -hmm. and sing the song. Um, I think in, when we look at it as a corporate mm -hmm. worship, we've twisted what God's word said should be for worship into creating uh, an emotional experience for people. And I think it's been detrimental to the church in a lot of areas. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I think in terms of music and all of that, like God did give us, I think God gave us music. He also made us people with emotions and it's okay to be emotional in a, a worship service, but that all, it needs to be for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't think emotion is bad. I think it's good, but it all, yeah. but it needs to be for the right reasons and not from from a manipulated uh standpoint or just because like we can all get emotional at music you know at a concert or wherever any kind of entertainment um 
and I don't think music should be bad in church if we can avoid it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's important that it's not being used to manipulate people or anything like that. <clears throat> no doubt. And true worship should have an an emotional effect on those that are worshiping. Right. I mean, that's the spirit God. aspect. Yeah. Well, yeah. we have a God that, you know, has stepped out of heaven to redeem his people that he's called to himself in salvation. And if you've come to Christ in salvation, that should be an emotional thing for you to realize that right. you were so undeserving of this grace and mercy that's been bestowed upon us. And it should cause emotion in us. Um, mm-hmm. And I know for myself, I'll be the first one to admit, and I'm not an emotional person whatsoever, really. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's I could I could be more emotional when it comes to worshiping God. You know, I really could because I fall on that. I fall on that end where it's more stoic than it is emotional. Um, because that's how I'm naturally bent. Um, and, mm-hmm. You know, maybe I should allow, allow the spirit to touch me differently and transform me differently in those times and those areas. But anyway, I think we've um, we've tackled this part so well. Um, the next point that Donald Whitney kind of gets into is that worship is expected both publicly and privately. Now, I would say that we've addressed the publicly pretty well. Uh, so let's look at this privately. How do we worship God privately? Let's let's address that first and foremost. Well, of course, there's um, participating in the some of the spiritual disciplines that we've already discussed, uh, reading God's word, praying, uh, and of course, you know, how we live our life daily or different aspects that, that of course, can be in private that uh, are worshiping God. Yeah, and I would say even even in uh, this afternoon, I was talking with my pastor in his office before we left the church, and he was sharing some things with me. I would say even the conversation that he and I were having invoked a worshipful mindset, a worshipful viewpoint, and uh, both of us were, I believe, were walking from that, walking away from that conversation uh, with hearts and minds that were that were focused on the Lord. That's an attitude of worship. Um, and that was just in conversation with with another brother in Christ. And so even even in biblical or Christ-centered conversation, you do experience worship. One part of the Bible that we th- would relate to the most in terms of what we think of or the use of the word worship for is like singing. So we, the Psalms, like the book of Psalms is what we relate the most to the worship, I think. And uh, the things that David or, you know, the other psalmists talk about are, are plentiful um obviously most of them are speaking it is an act of speaking to god talking to god you know in a form of prayer also you know he speaks often of meditating on the word of god loving the word of god yeah so the psalms are often they're meant to be sung uh congregationally but i think they were also um often very private uh personal concerns that the psalmist whoever he may have been was feeling at the time prayers or you know um specific things he was worshiping god for or pleading for or things like that so i think that in that in and of itself shows that our worship can be and should be personal although that those thoughts and those things can be used congregationally as well um, and as we've talked about before with prayer, so when we talk about prayer, even we see that even Jesus went alone by himself, although he was often, you know, with other people, he would go by himself on purpose 
to speak with God. And I think that, that those two th- examples at least show us that it's important for us to get alone and worship private. I, I want to say this loosely because I think we do have to approach God with reverence and um, with thankful, thankfulness and different things of the such. But, you know, Chris brings up this idea of the Psalms, and I think it's important that we note that maybe even a form of worship is expressing to God when everything isn't okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we doubt him or we struggle in holding on to his promises or his truths and um, we find ourselves in the darkest and deepest difficulties in our lives and that we we just we can't hold on to him like we think we should. And uh, I'm reminded of the Psalms. I remember uh, this past summer when I was preaching, I preached through Psalms 14 through 23 and um, it got really repetitive because what David would do is he was going through this this issue or this difficult moment and he was struggling uh, to trust in God. And then at the end of the song, we would see that he trusted in God. But I think it's important that we know that there is moments that maybe our worship of God is saying that we we're having difficulty trusting and holding into him and reflecting in that. I think it's a way that God reveals his goodness and his faithfulness to us. And that even like David responded that at the end of it all, he re- he's reminded of how good God is to him. Um, and so I think that we should realize that worshiping God isn't always this happy-go-lucky thing that we're trusting in him all the time. That our form of worship can be expressing our doubts or our struggles to him. Um, because let's just be real. God knows our hearts. He knows our spirit. He knows everything about us. And so I think we're so quick to try to hide some of this from God when in all reality, we should be turning to him and expressing our difficulty in that. And something else I want to mention is that, you know, worship is expected to be publicly and privately. And and I I say that for reasons that there are many people that, that we see kind of a are one or the other. They worship publicly or privately. You have some people that will attend the Sunday morning gathering. They might be very faithful, might be there every week, and they will worship publicly, but their private life and their worship is not uh, in the same intensity, if at all. And then the other end of that spectrum is there are people who want to worship God privately, who want to have uh, Bible study and, and, and these different methods but do not want to go publicly and worship God. This is something that is expected of us both publicly and privately uh, in the life of a Christian. I agree, Jamie. I think that's so true. And I, I think we wouldn't be doing it justice if we didn't approach the fact that we worship God through our work. Many people listening, they may be full-time pastors or whatever their ministry role is in the church, their vocational ministry role in the church is. Um, you're worshiping through your day-to-day activities at that church. But for those that are bivocational or uh, even like lay elders or pastors of whatever the sort may be, that you're worshiping God through the way that you work on this earth. And I think that's something that we even see all the way back into Genesis chapter 2 when God, he, he creates Adam. And when he creates Adam and Adam, he puts him over the garden to work it. So often we think of work as something that happened after the fall of man, but it wasn't. Work was intended from the beginning, and so therefore we worship God in our day-to-day activities at our jobs and our vocation, myself included. If we would be reminded of that more often, then we might work better or harder or be more dedicated to our vocations than we are. Hmm. Yeah, so really what what you're getting into there is – 
and this is something that I was wanting to say anyways, worshiping through service, mm-hmm. worshiping through forms, different forms of labor, um, not, not just through music, not just through prayer, not just through meditation, but through actual work. You know, I mean, I, I believe that that is, that is absolutely a vital aspect of it as well. So couldn't agree more. To the last point, and it says that worship is a discipline to be cultivated. And really, it's this idea that worship is a spiritual discipline insofar as it is both uh, an end and a means. And that worship of God makes believers more godly because people become like their focus. And really, when you go back to Donald Whitney's definition of worship, it's worship is focusing on and responding to God. And so when we think about this idea of worship, I want to be, I want to remind our listeners and even be a reminder to ourselves that true worship is something that we are cultivating in this life. And I think it's important that we note that because I don't know about you uh, three guys and everyone that's listening, but I am an extremely selfish person. Mm-hmm. And so, and Jamie agrees, I am a extremely <laughs> selfish person. Um, <laughs> that I am extremely selfish at not only at times, but most times in my life. And so, the more I focus on God and try to seek and to worship Him truly, the less I am the focus. Yeah. And so, can I can I drop a bomb real quick? When we look at all the disciplines, especially the ones that we're talking about in in Whitney's book, of all the spiritual disciplines, which ones are we going to be practicing when we get to heaven? Worship. Worship. Yeah, we're practicing for eternity. Every time we worship, we're practicing for what we will be doing in heaven for all of eternity. That's how important worship is. Boom. Well, guys, um, I think we will. I, I think we should end on that note, unless you want to add anything, Chris or Dan or Chris or Jamie. That was that was the bomb dot com. He dropped the bomb. All right. Yeah, I agree. The bomb uh, has been dropped. I agree, Daniel. I think um, I think that's such a truth that we can stop there and we can move straight into the plugs of the week. I got one that I've been that I've been reading. I haven't gotten super deep into it, but um, I'll plug it. So as we move into the plugs of the week, I actually thought I didn't have some, but I actually have two that I want to recommend. But before that, I'm going to let Daniel and Chris go because generally I steal somebody. So Daniel, what's your plugs <laughs> of the week? Yeah. So um, my plug, I'm I'm just barely into this book right now. Hopefully, I'll be able to dive into it more once this semester of school is finished up. But it's called Worship Matters by Bob Coughlin. And it's really just an entire overview um, of the the idea of worship, the biblical understanding of worship, not just in music, um, but also in, in worship leadership, um, how to lead others to worship just in daily life and so on and so forth. So that's definitely one. Like I said, I'm still very fresh into the book. Haven't gotten super far into it. Excited to continue to, to learn more and grow more into this book. But I have not only am I recommending this, but I have actually had other friends who are worship leaders and things of that nature who have said, if, if there's any book you're going to read on worship, this is the one. So uh, Bob Coughlin, Worship Matters. That's actually one of the number one books ever recommended on worship. Uh, I haven't read it yet, but I've heard it's fantastic. You made the mail it to me. Let me read it when you get done with it. Chris, what you got for us, man? All right. I got two books. Uh, one is a little bit more. Or they're both written actually by worship leaders. Well, no, I'm sorry. One one is if Mike Cosper is the founding one of the founding pastors of the Sojourn Community Church in Louisville. And yeah, he serves as pastor of worship and arts. So yeah, I'm right. So scratch that. Yeah, they're both worship leaders. Um, but one, Rhythms of Grace by Mike Cosper, who is one of the founding pastors of Sojourn 
Community Church in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, he's a worship and arts pastor there. And the subtitle for this book is How the Church's Worship Tells the Story of the Gospel. So this is a little bit more church-oriented in terms of, or church as in uh, the people, the body of Christ, uh, versus, um, while well, it does deal some with like worship leading and stuff like that, it's not specifically for worship leaders. It's for the church in general. And then there's also Doxology and Theology by Matt Boswell, or um, I guess it's edited by Matt Boswell, or he's one of the main writers. It's it's multiple articles, I guess, in book or multiple chapters in book form written by multiple people, um, such as someone from Integrity Music, uh, Journey Church, um, the Village Church. So, but this one is more for um, those who are in like worship leaders or teams in worship or, you know, in the church, it's a little bit more, uh, it's the it's theological, but also practical in terms of like, what is the qualifications of a worship leader, the worship leader in the Trinity, the worship leader in his heart. Like, so it's more directed towards worship leaders, whereas, uh, rhythms of grace, um, is more just about worship as we're talking, I mean, worship in general, but worship within the church as well. So, but it's, so those are book, two books that I would recommend, Doxology and Theology and Rhythms of Grace. Well, I have, um, since we started the Plugs of the Week, I have transformed from no plugs to two plugs to three plugs. And so uh, I want to begin because Chris's uh, Plug of the Week uh, uh, by uh, the guy at Sojourn made me think of a book I got in the mail today. And it's called What is the Gospel? And it's not the little black book by Nine Marks that I've recommended a thousand times on this podcast, but it's a little children's book of What is the Gospel? And it's um, it's actually published by Sojourn out of Louisville. And huh. I just got it in today because I was buying, we're going to walk through the little black book, What is the Gospel? Next, starting in January as a church on Wednesday nights. And I, I was just looking at it. I Googled, uh, typed in What is the Gospel? on Amazon. And I was like, well, I'll order this. If it's heresy, I'll burn it. And if it's not, <laughs> it'll be worth reading to my child one day. And so I got this book. I, I want to recommend it. It was like five bucks. It's, it's pretty good. I read through it today. It's a really good book. And then the other two, one that's a little more devotional. It's one that I actually picked up at the Lifeway store at the Southern Baptist Convention this past uh, summer. And it's um, called Classic Hymns. And really, it's just this book that addresses 90 different hymns, uh, some of these being Christmas hymns, Daniel. And it addresses these hymns, kind of gives a rough history of them when they were written and kind of a story behind them. And then it also gives some Bible study questions and personal reflection questions and a time of prayer uh, over that specific hymn. And uh, I've, I've used it for a few studies, just uh you know, just random studies that we've done at the church, uh, some single lessons or, and then even devotionally in my own life. Uh, it's a really good book for just kind of focusing worship on the day-to-day -day life of an individual. And then and, and blame, who, who is that by? It's, it's a B and H book. It doesn't tell me, uh, the general editor is Laura Ferguson Wilbert. And then the third one is, uh, Daniel, when you get through reading your book, that you're reading right now, I would recommend this one. It is called Christ-Centered Worship by Brian Chapel, um, And the kind of subtitle is Letting the Gospel Shape Our Practice. 
Um, and this one, this book here has been so transformative for me as a pastor that um, it's really actually caused caused me to rethink of how we structure our Sunday morning worship times. And it really walks through the history of of uh, different worship styles and different uh, denominations and things throughout history. Uh, but then also ask some very important questions when we think about the worship in our church. Um, and it's this is probably one of the best books I've ever read on worship. It's a little more academic level reading, but it's fantastic. Um, and it's actually why we do the structure we do now as a church and how we pick out our songs and why we pick them out and things of the such. Um, and, and so I want to add this and then, uh, if y'all want to add anything before we get off the podcast, feel free. And this isn't a plug. This is just a recommendation. Um, if you're a senior pastor out there, be involved in the worship service at your churches. Um, don't domineer. Don't, don't feel like you have to pick out every song or pick out every scripture or every time we pray and who's praying and all of that, but be involved. And you're, you're the number one worship leader in your church as a pastor, you're or, or over the worship of your congregation. And that's from the prayers to the scriptures, to the songs from the beginning to the end, not just to preach, but to make sure that your congregation is worshiping God as they are intended to, that it's dictated by God's word. So senior pastors out there, pastors, uh, be involved in the worship service. Uh, help pick it out. Help guide and direct it. Um, don't just leave it up to your volunteers or your worship leaders. Uh, God has put you in the place he has for more than just preaching a 30-minute sermon, but it's to be involved in all of the worship. Agreed. All right. Well, if y'all don't have anything to add, that's the plug of the weeks. We hope that you will pick one of them. This has been the Everyday Ministry Podcast, a podcast where everyday ministers get together to discuss ministry. If you're encouraged by what you hear, please go like our Facebook page, share the episodes, and rate the podcast on iTunes. Don't forget that a new episode drops every first and third Mondays. Our prayer is that these episodes are an encouragement to you and that you would be faithful in the ministry that God has placed you in.
to you Setting off on a one-way train To a place where they know my head and